Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am recording this intro for you guys live from New York City. It is the last day of New York Fashion Week. I've been here for eight days now, and it has been such an incredible week. I think this is my 11th season of New York Fashion Week, and it never gets old for me. I feel like every year it kind of feels like a level up in a way. I feel like every year I try to get new shows, support new designers, strengthen my relationship in the industry, and of course, have my breath be absolutely taken away by the incredible fashion and talent that is in New York City. I have gone to fashion weeks in Milan and Paris, and New York always just really resonates with me. It hits a spot. I've lived here for so long. I grew up with so many of these designers. So it really feels like coming home and it feels like supporting my home team. As I said, this is my 11th season. My first ever fashion show, I think I was 22 or 23 years old. I was just coming out of graduating NYU. I was just starting to build my brand. And I remember getting an invite to Tori Birch. They sent me a look for the show. And I remember it was so big on me. And I did not know how to like fit things at the time. And I was just so honored to be there. And I remember getting street styled for the first time outside and was just so confused by what was going on. And so it's really amazing to reflect on that almost six or seven years later to now where I feel so at home here, I feel like Fashion Week has really become such a moment of camaraderie in the fashion industry, whether it's with my peers who are content creators, photographers who are street style photographers, the designers, the fashion writers. It's really a moment where everybody gets to come together and celebrate fashion. And it's a moment that I never let pass me by. I feel so grateful to be able to be here every year and be included and be able to witness fashion firsthand and be able to share it back with you guys. So it's been an incredible week. I'm excited to come home. It's Monday now, so London Fashion Week should be just kicking off, and then Milan and Paris. So I'm really excited to be sharing my experience at New York Fashion Week with you guys and be sharing the trends that I'm seeing. And of course, I will be doing a trend episode for you guys of things that I'm seeing throughout the month and probably some more down the line of some really fun behind-the-scenes moments from Fashion Month. For today's episode, I wanted to bring on someone who I consider to be the queen of New York Fashion Week. She is a street style icon. She is one of my favorite fashion influencers to follow. And she is now the star of Bling Empire in New York City. Her name is Tina Lung. And if you don't follow her, she is a must follow if you're a fashion lover. 
I love her style because she really goes for it. I truly feel like she dresses how she feels, whether that's something that's pared down or something that's really extravagant and fun. She really has fun with her fashion. And she's even bringing that into Bling Empire, which I love to see because it is just so much fun to see on screen. And I love seeing another fashion influencer represented on TV. So today we're giving you guys a full New York Fashion Week debrief. We talk about some of our favorite shows, a few moments that we cannot stop thinking about, of course, behind the scenes of what it's like to be an influencer during Fashion Week and so much more. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please throw us a follow and a review so you get reminded for new episodes every Monday. I hope you guys have an amazing week ahead. Let's get into New York Fashion Week with Tina Lung. Hello, Miss Tina. Welcome to the Fashion Week debrief. (gasps) Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. And I haven't had a moment to really speak with you the whole entire week. I know. During the shows, we're always just like, hi, bye, hi, bye, hi, bye. The energy yeah. is definitely hectic at a show. I feel like every time you walk in, every person is dealing with their own amount of adrenaline. They're worrying about their own things, their look. Yeah, where they're, you know, before it, and after. Right. I think everyone yeah. is so… It's actually really interesting to see how everyone is kind of in their own headspace. So I never really have good conversations with people at shows, no, even if it's like one of my hard. best friends. I'm like, yeah. hey, you look great. How's it going? Like, it's hard. Because also, you don't want to go so deep into there because you also have this armor. Well, for me, I have this armor and this facade on. And I'm like, do this, this, this. One, two, three, four, five. How was the week for you? Very good. It was a lot more intense than usual. In what way? In, I think, attention. I love to hear that. I just got excited for you. Yeah. So deserved. Well, you know me. I run away from photographers outside because I'm always like, picking my teeth or whatever and I get (laughs) nervous about things but I had hair and makeup for everything and that was my armor and so this time around there are more people screaming Tina which always catches me by surprise but then I'm like okay you're in a tv show calm down this is what happens so just talking to myself but I love it I love the response I've been getting everyone's been really nice and warm. They're like, love you. And I'm like, love you. It's very cute. I also feel like you are in this moment where the attention is on you. You just had a Netflix show come out. And what I loved was that in seeing, you know, your content go live from the show and then also, you know, like seeing things trend on Twitter, people really love you on the show and love how like vulnerable and honest you've been about so many things. And I think that that resonates with people. And so obviously it's reflecting in your work in the way that you show up in fashion and the way that you show up in the public sphere. That's a really exciting thing. Nerve-wracking. Yeah. I can see you yes. being oh. quiet and shy about it, but it's really exciting. Yeah. And I love hearing people's stories and how I've helped them. And I'm just so taken aback by some things, but taken aback in a good way. When you set out to do the show, in your mind, what was the intention for you? I think the intention was, well, first and foremost, everyone that keeps throwing around the word representation. And for me, it's a newer word in the sense that in Hong Kong, we didn't need to worry about any of that because obviously. So I remember asking friends about it. And then other Asians are like, this is the only show that, and the producer, the producer is like, this is a great show for representation because even though Honestly, Bling Empire, I don't resonate with that name because I don't have an empire and I'm not really blingy. But the fact that everyone in the cast is Asian resonated with me a lot. And I also love doing things that I have never done before that I'm nervous about. And 
what is the next step? I'm always thinking, what is the next step? What is the next step? And I've been doing this for a while now. And honestly, in the past few years, I've been better at trusting the universe and my gut feelings. Before, I'd always be like trying to rush, not rush, but like, what is the next step? And so hard on myself. And But the universe really does know what's good for you and has its plans for you. So I totally resonate with the what's next thing. That's a big thing that freelancers, influencers, people in our world feel because we don't have a a trajectory. It's not like I can move up through a law firm and become a partner and know where I'm going. So I totally empathize and understand that. And I'm so glad that you did the show because I love what you represent on the show, obviously from like an Asian representation standpoint, but also to have a true fashion girl on the show. The looks that you're bringing every week are thank you on every episode are so good. And it's just a joy to watch you on there as a fashion lover and a fashion girl myself to just see that on screen. I think that there's not a lot of true people in the fashion space that are representing fashion in the way that you are. So I'm I'm so excited about it and I'm so happy Thank for you. you. Yeah, you've always been so supportive and happy and positive about it coming out. And then when we were shooting at Michael Kors. <laughs> yeah. um, Funny story about that. Do you remember? Yes. So Tina had just started shooting for, was this like right in the beginning, right? You had had yes. a week's notice before Fashion Week had started. Oh, right. Right. Yes, that one. Yes. And none of your friends or people kind of in the fashion sphere yeah, had I, known I, yet that it was I, happening. So we go into this Michael Kors show. It was exactly a year from right now, actually. And it was really dark. It was an evening show. Oh, right. And so you couldn't really see what yes. was going on around yeah. you. You and I go to sit down. We're seated next to each other, you, me, and Tamara. And I see cameras around us. And Tamara was making a joke with me. She's the always whole show. She's always kidding. I love her sense of humor. <laughs> She's like, stand up straight, live on camera. And I thought that she meant like for the chorus camera. Yes. So like, you know, the chorus footage. Yeah. And I kept being like, whatever, it's fine. Like, yeah. they're not going to catch us. They don't care about us. They care about like Rachel Ziegler over there or something. Right, yeah. And so she kept saying that. And I was like, okay, funny, funny. And then I'm walking out of the venue and I get stopped by like, three Netflix people with oh, like right. a binder with them and they're like, we need you to <laughs> yeah, sign a waiver. Yeah, they're intense. And I was like, a waiver? For what? Like I went to the fashion show and they yeah. were like, no, for Bling Empire. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah, whoops. <laughs> and then Tamara looks at me and goes, I told you we were on camera the whole time. And yeah. I remember walking out of there being like, oh my God, Tina's going to be on Netflix. And yeah. that was a year ago. And here we yeah, are. Exactly a year, year ago. ago. Yeah. Exactly. It's February now. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it was Michael Kors Day. Yes. We, you, you are still in your Michael Kors look. We just came Yes. The show. So you were there. You were at Jason Wu. Yes. Tom Brown. Yes. Oh, my God. Kors, Tori. You were everywhere this week. What was the favorite show? So someone that was sitting next to me at a certain show was like, oh, New York seems so quiet these days. And this season seems so quiet. Nothing really. Now that this one show is no longer here, feels like... I'm like, what? I thought this week was great. There were so many good shows and they're all so different with their distinct point of views and their aesthetics. And And I feel like New York really is strong. It's, I mean, Milan, Paris, where everyone's all like, Milan, Milan, Paris. But New York is strong. There New York are lots, is very strong. There's a lot of talent here and everything is so different. Like there's no one vibe, I would say, which makes it so interesting. I thought Altazar was gorgeous. As did I. That color palette and quite a full collection, 50 looks or so. Yeah, it was but a big It was didn't big feel long at all. It no. Went, hair makeup was great. Tom Brown is always very interesting, very theatrical. 
Jason Wu's show, beautiful, and it was inside this theater with the curtains opening up, and he always has a beautiful setting. Prabal Grong's show, also at the New York Public Library. Fashion shows, the ones that like send a chill down my spine and like put a tear in my eye are the ones that feel like you're watching theater. Yes. And ones that feel like real artistry. And I was actually having this conversation with someone this morning about the departure from Spring Place after, you know, we went from Bryant Park to Lincoln Center. Fashion Week started to be at Spring Place in Soho. And to me, that kind of felt like every show was losing its individuality. It almost yes. felt like Fashion Week was turning into a trade show when we yes, were all at Spring exactly. Place. And you were going from like room to room and people I, were like waiting in the cafe. I didn't really love it. And so now I'm just so excited to be back at these shows where they're in really yeah. either historic or, you know, a monumental or something that feels in collaboration with the collection. Being in these really beautiful places with, you know, music this morning at Michael Kors, there was a live orchestra. Like those moments that feel like theater, I think, are shows that really they just won't go out of my mind for a while. And Altazara, the colors, mm-hmm. the styling by our favorite Gabriella Carifa Johnson, like all of that to me was really stunning. I'm so curious to hear your thoughts because there was that Harper's Bazaar article that came out this week about a lot of the shows being a return to the quote unquote wardrobe about fashion really returning back to this moment of not minimalism, but like the essential wardrobe. And I feel like you and I are kind of maximalists in a way. We love to dress up. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the shows that you saw and whether you think coming out of this fashion week, we're going to still be in this kind of moment of like extremism or go back to this essential wardrobe. So this essential wardrobe that people are talking about are with brands that have always had this essential wardrobe for, in my opinion, anyways, like Coenza, Kate, They've always had the quintessential New Yorker wardrobe with the amazing quality pieces that you wear over and over and that are super timeless. I am a maximalist, but on certain days, I'm a minimalist. So I think for me, I don't really like trends. I don't even know what the trends are. And I just gravitate towards what pulls at my heart. And I don't think I use my head when I figure out outfits and stuff only for practical aspects like is it snowing outside or whatever. But I don't think anything goes in and out. Of course, there are these trends, but for things that are well done and luxurious and has depth to it, it'll always be there. And you can choose how you dress. Right. With the same pieces in your wardrobe, you can make it maximalist. Same exact pieces. You just take things away, put things on top, etc. I mean, if you guys want to see the best wardrobe I've ever seen, go look at Tina's Covetour article because… Oh, gosh. Oh, my God, your closet. Oh, my God. I didn't want them there at the beginning (laughs) because I was telling Sasha, I was like, no, because you can barely walk. There are boxes everywhere. Yeah. I'm so ashamed. The fashion New Yorker's apartment. My old apartment here, my bedroom wall, like when I woke up in the morning, the right wall was a shoe wall. Mm. Like I woke up every day looking at my Manhattan shoes, which like, you know, if you live in New York. Yeah, that's not. It is not. Your shoes are not well kept. Like just walking in these streets, it's really hard. So I I feel you, but your closet is fantastic. (laughs) Well, thank you. But I love what you're saying about trends at New York Fashion Week because I do think it gets a little redundant for me. I will say if there's one thing that I saw from this week consistently from like Tory Burch to Altazara flats, the ballet mm, flat yeah. is like everywhere. And it's I know true. that I feel like we saw that last season too. It's been like trickling in. But mm. now I'm seeing more. I 
feel like flats that are not just like your typical ballet flat. They're yeah. beautifully constructed. Our ones were gorgeous. They're Stunning. Sort of almost like an Indian slipper. Yes. Cutouts, pointed toe, really beautiful. And I'm not really a flats girl at all. But I don't know. This season kind of swayed me a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes we just need a bit of comfort with the maximalism. And I'm not poo-pooing trends because I understand those not in fashion need the yeah. trends to figure out what to wear and need a little like boxes to tick to be able to put together their wardrobe. So that's a great way for me about though. it. Yeah. If there was something that you saw cons- a consistent thread, let's call it a thread. Lots of bananas. Oh my God. Why are there bananas everywhere? Do you want to know? Bananas everywhere. Okay. Actually, this is my thought about the banana. Okay. It's the color. But then we're in fall winter. But I still think I wasn't seeing, okay, this week I'm not seeing maroon. I'm not seeing auburn. I'm seeing bright cherry red. Yes, Tory Burch, red. Kate, all of them had cherry red, which to me is not a fall color. I think of more like auburn, maroon as a fall color. I've seen so much strong, classic primary colors. The banana That's yellow, true. the red. I think now we're going for primaries. Well, some of the shows I've been watching, I think to myself, what season are we watching again? Because also <laughs> when you live between cities, people live between cities and transitional dressing and the fact that there's see now by now, plus the traditional seasons that we have, I think it's a little confusing. So to have collections come out that can kind of tick like a warmer climate or help dress someone in a cooler climate. Yeah. I feel like the collections are a mix, right? No, I, I love things, that take because yeah. I actually think you're right. I feel like in the past I would see you'd see coats, you'd see sweaters, you'd see midi skirts like. Thicker fabrics. I even think about Tory Burch, which I think attracted a really wide range of Mm -hmm. weather from a coat with a gorgeous belt to a gorgeous silk dress with a fishnet. I think designers are thinking more kind of global, quote unquote, in that sense of, okay, it's not just fall, winter. We need to attract people all around the world who might not be in this cold weather climate. At Christian Cohen, he had the most beautiful teensy little dresses and then there are some looks with big coats on it yeah so I think it's good to have a bit of something for everyone because you live between New York and LA and you know you need both we'll be right back after a quick break did you know that deodorants are not one size fits all and what I mean by that is that you sweat different types of sweat while doing different activities during the day This is why I've been trying a new deodorant brand. It's called Nez, and it's a new, clean, aluminum-free, dermatologist-tested deodorant brand. Nez deodorants are customized for the different occasions during the day because your body creates different types of sweat. Stress sweat is totally different and even comes from a different type of sweat gland than movement or heat-based sweat. Who knew? So if you're going into a big meeting that is so stressful, you should be wearing a different deodorant than you would if you're about to hit the gym. No idea why deodorant has always been sold as one size fits all. Nez is customized for your different sweat moments and available in workout sesh, board meeting, and date ready. Nez gives you the right sweat protection and the right fragrance all at the right time. These deodorants also have an incredible fragrance. They smell so good and they actually work. You won't have to worry about sweating too much or smelling bad. Nez deodorants are in mini package sizes too. It's great to have on the go. I love putting them in all my bags, especially while I'm traveling or just during a really busy day where I'm out all day long. You can build your perfect bundle of three Nez mini deodorants tailored to your life and sweat moments. 
Visit nezcare.com and use promo code FRIEND at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's N-E-Z-C-A-R-E.com and use promo code FRIEND for 10% off your entire order. That's N-E-Z-C-A-R-E.com and use promo code FRIEND for 10% off your entire order. The promo code is valid through June 30th, 2023. Enjoy. You also went to a lot of, I don't want to say emerging designers, but smaller designers. Was there one that you think people should be paying attention to? Puppets and Puppets, I find not so emerging anymore. Me too. Established. They were nominated for a CFDA. And this collection was so full. Yeah. Full in the best possible way. It had depth to it. Oh, one I wanted to talk about. Zoe Gustavia Whalen. She had her very first show this season. But it looked like a fully-fledged show. It was beautiful. The music, the choreography, all the looks. And it was in a beautiful church. Amazing. She's definitely one to look out. And then her references go from something as like it spans many eras. <laughs> and she goes so deep. You and I are big show note girls. Yeah, I love show notes. Most important part. I think if you're someone looking at a collection, especially if you're looking, guys, if you're looking on Vogue.com, go look at the review because I just think it adds so much context. Yeah. There's so much more. The storytelling of a fashion show, it's so much deeper than what you see. And it's always so fun to look and dive into it. Yeah. And I used to be able to write these long captions about everything. But now that there's so many. So much. <laughs> And Tina's my like, brain is like, fine. I'm like, emoji. An emoji in the car. I agree with you on puppets and puppets. Yeah. That's something I've seen. I, you know, I first heard about them when mm -hmm. they got nominated for the CFDA. And then I've slowly seen them rise more and more. I had a podcast guest come in just a week ago and they were carrying the cookie bag from Cute. puppets and puppets. So I've been seeing it everywhere. And I feel like their collection was also really beautiful this season. It's exciting when there's a new. Yeah, the cookie bag about. is like. Cookie bag. The new Loire bag. The cookie bag, the banana bag at area. It's a lot of food. Yeah. At Coach, each of the bags were different mini sizes of cherry or a star and a banana and then a moon. I just wanted to collect them all. That's so cute. So I do cute. feel like we're in this like, it's funny. We're in like two really big spectrums of fashion right now. We talk about this like essentialism, but then we also are in this like quote unquote gimmicky era where like yeah, there's true. so many like fun clickbaity things going on. Even I think about Copenhagen Fashion Week which was right before this, there was a girl sitting at the table who, did you see this video? It was Yes, all, who stood who up. Who stood and up and her whole dress yeah. was the tablecloth and she took everyone's food with her. It was so and funny. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. I think there's room for both, obviously. Yeah. And it's, this essentialism, this essential wardrobe is good for the long term, but our hearts, our hearts need this playful, dreamy aspect to it just to be whimsical. What did you think of Coors this morning? So pretty. And I all that fringe, I was telling Tina, who was sitting next to me, I was like, this would be great for Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. And then she said, course is always great for Dallas. <laughs> so I really loved it. I love an accessory like a belt like that. And I'm especially oh, yes. now living in LA where I do feel like my metropolitan style is infusing a little bit of Western, a little mm. bit here and there. I love a knee-high boot. I'm not a fringe girl, but I loved the belted skirts. I think we're going to see a lot of yes. giant belts with either a mini skirt or the midi skirt. Like, I absolutely loved it. And I love that it was the theme yeah. throughout the whole show. I loved Kate. Oh, my God, Kate. And all the belts I wasn't there. there I mean, we're talking about belts. They do a really good. They do great belts. So many great belts. I wasn't at Kate, but I think it was in my top three favorite shows. The coats. I think, yeah. I think that Kate is really 
becoming like the classic American brand. Like and when she's I- designing for, in my mind, what you and I want to dress, like yes. Amer- what we want to wear as women in America. Working, ambitious women who have five million things to do. Yep. But wants to also look amazing. And when I wear her stuff, I just feel effortless. But sexy too. Almost. Sexy, yes. Effortless, sensual, powerful, and a New Yorker. I feel like a New Yorker in her clothes. I'm just like… What a beautiful (sighs) show. I kept seeing the recaps from it. And I loved… It also seemed very theatrical. I wasn't there, but the lighting, the music. And how they were walking. And it took place at her new… Her new store. store. Beautiful, yeah. Okay, wow. We went through so many shows. I don't really have… I don't… I mean, I loved Altazara for theater, but I don't… I think Theater Tom Brown. If we're talking about performance art… Speaking of which… I think that Tom Brown maybe had my favorite moment in all the fashion week of the week when he came out for his bow at the end and he brought his husband a box of chocolates because it was on Valentine's Day. That stuff, that stuff. So sweet. And I'm not a uh, Valentine's person. I just love these moments where we get to see a glimpse into their real real lives. Even with Altazara when his daughter, I had a tear in my eye at the end when he came out for his bow and his daughter ran Ran after him. him. He scooped her up. These moments are so, I think, cherished by fashion people because fashion can be very rigid. As you were saying, you feel like you have an armor on. And in those moments, the armor in my mind just completely shatters. You see like Joseph with his daughter and, you know, yeah. Andrew and you see Tom, they're real people. And it was so yeah. sweet. That was my favorite moment of all fashion week. And I love clothing. Yeah, that was very cute. But yes. him, bringing, him bringing Andrew the box of chocolates really took it home for me. And he put chocolates on everyone's seat. There's, there's a dark chocolate and a milk chocolate and it was in a Tom Brown box. So chic. All in all, I think this season for me, the biggest takeaway was these designers are returning back to like what they feel are their roots, whether it's Tom Brown thinking about the little prince and using that as a reference or Kate doing it in her store. I felt so much that all these designers were like really connected to their roots and storytelling their world versus creating something for the quote-unquote industry. Everything felt really touching this year. Yeah, and everything was very individualistic. Everyone had such strong point of views. I love that. <sighs> Tina, this was so fun. Thanks for recapping with Thank me. Thank you for having me. Of course, it was such a joy to see you all week, and you looked so beautiful nonstop. The glam was hitting. Yes. The glam was, was they really They are, all. I mean, it really takes a village. So. so are you filming season two yet? Do we know? Within 28 days… There's like a formula. Okay. So, so everybody, t- it's TBD. watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Go TBD. watch it. It's on Netflix now. Tina looks so fab. You look so fabulous in every episode that it is just so Even when much I'm fun. sobbing with no makeup on? Yes. I think, <laughs> you know, we need the real sides of it too. Yeah. And I think it's really important because I do think, you know, I respected what you said about feeling like you have an armor on a lot. And I think it's important to show all the sides. And it's important to have real people around you. Absolutely. So, we have a really great community of friends in this industry that I am immensely grateful for. Yeah. I mean, how could we go every day, hours <laughs> nonstop, without people around just to give you that squeeze? Yep. Just Absolutely. for them. And on that note, it's almost nap time. So thank you okay, for joining nap us. Time. I appreciate it. See thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.